ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This matcha is fucking good. Social dynamics, relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my podcast friends? It is Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio where we take it from the YouTube live stream, where you guys can get your questions answered on anything around dating, relationships, and social dynamics in the world of human interaction. The Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter is now being released, something that you guys have been asking for quite some time. You know, it's just a quick sip of social dynamics and what I'm currently exploring before your weekend dive. It could be an exchange from one of my clients and I, it could be a quick tip for you going out, it could be anything in the world of dating, social dynamics, relationships, human interaction, and then just all the other cool shit, whether it be around fitness, other podcasts that are blowing my mind, updates to the resources of wisdom where i'm gonna be able to let you guys know when new anime docos uh music quotes books etc get added to it yeah it's just a quick sip so it's free all you have to do is head to boldoja.com drop your email in there and you'll receive the very next sip hot and fresh this delicious episode is brought to you by boldoja.com where you guys can pick up my ebook the toolbox of game crash course to kick ass day game get you out there get your day game sorted Pair it up with a 30-day challenge and you will be sweet. You can also book one-on-one Skype coaching where we dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to help you move forward in your life. You you can get infill breakdowns, you can have HD recorded sessions so you don't have to worry about taking notes. You can also gain access to the Bowl Inside, which is priority messaging, which means you get access to me on my private WhatsApp number. You also get access to priority bookings, so you won't be waiting forever to get your session booked in. Finally, you can book in for those deep, immersive boot camps, the Day Game Foundation of Boot Camps. Have the path of illumination laid out for your social skill set. You know, it's about attaining the freedom of choice in your dating life, to be able to see a woman anywhere that you are, anytime, anywhere, no matter how you're feeling, and be confident that you know exactly how to run this interaction, bring the best of yourself, the best of your 50, convey that direct, congruent, authentic, masculine intent. Yes, sir. Bootcamp is just the foundations of that and the work to come, which you will be uh, heavily, heavily involved with me for the 12 weeks after that. So... Serious inquiries only, or via boldojo.com. Now, if you guys would like to donate anything to support this channel, you can do so directly through boldojo.com. In the podcast section, there's a donate button at the top. You can donate directly from there, or if you prefer PayPal, there's also paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. All the links are down below, and anything that you guys do contribute goes straight back to the channel. I super appreciate it. I'm very grateful. It blows my mind. So thank you very much. And with that being said, it's time to dive into this social Q&A live. Let's go. To start with giving you guys a straight how to, I guess you could say, from the beginning. And the reason why is because it's actually the lesson in of itself. There is a lesson in understanding and answering this guy's question with tactics first. So, to his question of, I mean, how to build sexual attraction and tension verbally on the street. So, how to build sexual attraction and build tension? It's the fire and silence. Rajanish Sharma, you give her the fire, you provide her the silence. Sexual attraction is created through the fire. Pause. Sexual tension is created by allowing the silence. Fire and silence. Draw that into your mind. Now, what does that mean, Adam? What the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? Giving the woman the fire is providing her with a masculine frame in which that you're going to initial, not only with intent, or well, we can dive into some specifics behind intent, which we probably will. We'll pause that for a second, though, because you might, get, for the absolute newbie, you might get even a little bit. That's almost kind of diving into mindset, so I'm going to push that to the side for a second, even though it's very important. Stay with me. So before the intent, of course, his direct intent has to be there to create the friction for sexual attraction. However, it's within qualification. So the way you're going to provide fire here is you're going to light her up. 
at the beginning of an interaction, you are not going to be passive. You are not going to let her uh, and expect her to build the bridge of this interaction. Mr. Nice Guys, guys that do not sexually polarize the interactions, they're wet blankets. They're wet blankets. They're puppy dogs. They're unwilling to create friction. You know, a spark requires friction and a fire requires sparks. In order for, in order for us to light up this woman and to provide her with this, this sexually attractive polarization, this energy, right? you're going to have to cause a fire. And the way that you're going to do that is through qualification. What does that look like? You're going to challenge her. You're going to tease her on every little thing, on anything she says, no matter how ridiculous or non-ridiculous, whatever she responds to you with, you're going to treat it as ridiculous. You're going to treat whatever she says. She says, yeah, you know, you start this interaction on the street, Mr. Sharma. And you know, excuse me, miss. I thought you looked beautiful. I had to come say hey. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I was so not expecting this. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. And maybe she's not gushing. She might be like, oh, that's that's cool. Thank thank you. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, oh. Yeah, maybe she's a little more timid. Right? You're not going to fall into the back foot. In order to create this fire and to light her up, to in order to create this sexual attraction, you are going to have to start a fire. And the way that you do that is getting onto the front foot, six gear, light her up, you know, light her up. And so challenge and tease. Guys often go, but if we haven't started the conversation, Adam, how would I challenge or tease her or anything? Like, she's given me nothing yet. That's what I'm looking for. I just, what, well, how do I start this? And I'm like, the way that you start it is that by looking and reading the first person in front of you. Listen, if you're doing your interactions correctly, you should be shaking your hand off the open. You should be initiating that. That's just a normal thing that people do. I'm having fun with this. This is just a normal thing people would do. You should be doing this, although the reason why I say you should be doing this, because uh, it's common sense, is that I've worked with clients on bootcamp that that was the key. That was one of the keys to opening up their interactions. Notice for the first 10 interactions of the day, they don't shake the girl's hand, right? They're too timid to do so. And that speaks to the rest of their reluctance to light her up. So, because they're not willing to create this frame and start this interaction and really get on the front foot with it and with the front hand, you could say. So I get my guy uh, shaking her hand off the open, like initially. Now, what's that going to do? Why am I telling you to shake her hand? It gives you everything you need to qualify her. If you watch any of my infields, almost all of them, you will see me qualify off of the handshake. I will, I will pick out something on her hand. It's got fucking dark in here. Is that okay for you guys? I think it is. I will, I will always pick up something on the handshake because that's the first point at which I could uh, draw to something that I could tease, challenge, light her up on, which is like, it's an unusually strong handshake. It's an unusually firm handshake. Or that's an extremely weak handshake. Whatever it is, I'm just going to read what's in front of me. Maybe it's not even off the handshake. Maybe it's just looking in her eyes. Right? You have some really... Oftentimes, you'll hear me quote the first thing that comes out of my mouth in order to spark this sexual attraction, light this flame up, is me just commenting on her eyes. Whether I'm lost in them, whether I feel like there's a little bit of magic behind them, you hear me say that a lot, not because I'm running lines, but because I'm present in front of her and you for sure never hear me say it in exactly the same way each and every time because it's just what I'm feeling and every girl is going to be a little bit different. Anyways, the point and the principle of what I'm saying here is that in order to create sexual attraction, you must start a fire. The way you start a fire is through qualification. The way you qualify is through challenging, through teasing, through 
setting this masculine frame that you are not going to fall on the back foot and rely on her to build this interaction, which is by default a weak, low-key, Mr. Nice Guy play, aka Adam when he was 18, 19. There's the sun. Welcome back. Kaidi, <laughs> Kaidi. So I get inspired by the sun. I was saying this to myself the other day. The sun is inspirational, especially when you've just come out of winter as we have here in Australia. So let me just take a pause here because we've just gone fucking hot on those tactics. Thank you to all of you that are in the live stream right now. Uh, if you're enjoying this content, drop me a thumbs up on the video down below. Uh, drop me a comment as well if you questions. I'll be getting to them uh, in a timely manner. In a timely manner. That's a much better way of saying it so I don't give you guys any false expectations. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So. So moving on beyond sexual attraction now. So Mr. Rajanish Sharma, you should understand that. Uh, well, actually, you shouldn't understand that, which is why we've started with tactics. This is why this is I'm Mr. Miyagi you right now. You can't see it. You'll see by the end. Hang with me here. I am Mr. Miyagi you. This is very different. We never start like this. So <clears throat> to the second part of his question. But Mr. Adam, well, he didn't say Mr. Adam, but let's imagine he says Mr. Adam. Uh, what about the sexual tension? Okay, you've covered attraction pretty damn well there, actually, very well. How would you go about uh, creating sexual tension and to his specific point of in a calibrated way? I said before, it's fire and silence. Fire, we've ticked off. Silence. You need to provide and allow the space of silence for her. Tension is built through silence. There's a lot of stories I could tell here. Many, many stories. One in particular comes to mind of working with my client in Canada and Toronto this year. At the end of boot camp, day two, after debrief, we were sitting there and he, in the Airbnb and he asked me a question and he goes, Adam, just, just, like, just as a quick question, do you have any tips on becoming like more sexual, like emanating more sexual energy? Because I noticed that when you demonstrated for me on the, at the end of day two of the infill portion, it was one of the most mind-blowing things that you know you go through this two days of intense intense training and i'm demonstrating within the two days as well but by the end of all of it he's he's got a full play of the uh, toolbox of game my crash course kick-ass day game system open qualification investment close he's got he's got to learn through all this he's had amazing interactions and you know it's a struggle it's like spinning plates for someone who's new to this they just don't know you know it's like they'll see glimpses sometimes they'll be able to take the interaction halfway then the full way then no and it's just like that's what it is when you're learning and it's not unconscious competence for him yet. But then on the, I remember this is in the Eden Center in Toronto, in the, in somewhere towards the end of day two, I had pulled him aside and I finally ticked him off with the final uh, exercises that I have to do to make sure that he's good. It's quite structured. And as I'm standing there in the mall talking to him about, about coming full circle or something like that, it was, it was so, it was ironic, but it was also so serendipitous as I'm talking to him about, coming full circle, something of that nature. And, I, and a beautiful girl walks by and my type of girl as well. And I just like whoop, pause for a second and I just run off and I go stop her. I, I just light her up. I give her that fire, right? I take her through a full interaction, go on an instant date with her and then go back to him afterwards. And it blew his fucking mind because he's like, well, I just saw everything put together in one nice little neat package, like straight there. And especially anyway, so that's what had happened that day too. And he was asking me, I noticed in that interaction, you had a lot of sexual energy, a lot, a lot more than I do. Uh, do you have any tips for that? And I said, yes, I have one tip for you.
And that silence, for those of you on the podcast, I'm cutting it short here. I let it last for about 30 seconds straight. For those of you thinking, oh, did the stream just break? No. I literally just stood, I stood there on my chair and I just sat there staring deep into his eyes just for 30 seconds until he broke. He did a very good job. Most guys break way faster than that. Girls, people, general. They break way faster than that. They'll start laughing. They'll, uh, they'll crack up. They'll absolutely crack up. Can't handle the pressure, right? And, uh, and so as you can see, it's powerful with anyone and everyone. And so that right there, and he got it. He fully got it. I was like, listen, that's the difference between you and I right now is that I know how to hold the silence and I know how to create the space which creates the tension between me and this woman and allows my sexual energy to flow through. I don't need to do anything with her. I don't need to say anything to her. The power of what I say is only equal to the silence that I allow after it. Power of what you say, Mr. Sharma, is only equal to the silence you allow after it. So, how to build sexual tension? Allow the space. If you go watch any of my infield, it's almost like it's almost like a, a, a samurai training his slice. Just reset, slice, reset, slice. When you hear my open, it's not. Yo, excuse me, miss. I just saw you. I thought you looked really beautiful. I want to come say hi. So that, even though a lot of guys sound like that when I was first beginning, it sounds like that. Uh, the client I'm going to be working with next week, I'm sure it's going to sound like that at the beginning because you uh, have not learned to provide that science. But now if you watch any of my content interacting with girls, you'll say, yo, excuse me, miss. I just saw you. I thought you looked beautiful. I had to come say hey. My name is. There is directed silent cuts in between each momentous pause, each momentous uh verbalization of my intent okay when i shake that hand i'm not saying shit when i shake her hand i'm not saying shit i'm there i'm present with her i'm allowing that tension to be built and i allow her to break the tension if you watch any of my interactions with girls i will whoever speaks first loses right whoever could the person who and so there's so many principles that are coming out here so many principles i want to keep it more tactical because you can see the mindsets are coming in but keep it more tactical here because this is going to be a mr miyagi moment which is, you want to know Mr. Sharma, you want to know how to build sexual tension, you need to allow space. You need to give her silence. Wrapping this back up, how to create sexual attraction, light her up, start a fire. How to build sexual tension, give her the silence, create the space. Now, now, for the first time ever, where are we at? We're at, we're at just under 20 minutes, and I know for the first kind of four or five minutes, we fap about. So, oh. We've always got through the content, right? <laughs> not quite, not quite. It's like for the first time ever, Adam actually got to the point within 20 minutes. <laughs> not quite, not quite because uh, it's, I've, I've, I've been honey dicky. I've been Mr. Miyagi and you. I'll hold the Mr. Miyagi for just a second just so I can dive into the live chat box and just say hi to some of you right now. If you guys are enjoying this content, please drop a thumbs up down below. Uh, drop me your comments. We will be getting to your questions a little bit sooner than usual. And anything's around dating, social dynamics, relationships, drop your email on at boldridge.com, get that bullshit email, weekly email newsletter. So I'm just going to dive in and say hello to a few people here. Uh, them Nike Bauer says, hey, from Houston, Houston, Texas. What's good, my friend? Welcome in. Thank you for being here. Oh, Rami. Oi. Rami says, oi, super hype for today's topic. Uh, good to see you here, Rami. Really appreciate it. And Romario McLaren. Uh, I've almost tried, I'm almost trying to, 
I'm looking at his avatar. Fuck. His avatar looks familiar. He's got like a, it's an anime character. But I can't, I think it is anyway, but I can't. Anyways, uh, I feel like I should know its name, but I don't know. But welcome, 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 Romario. So, bring it back in here. When I said at the beginning that we would never normally do this, I would never normally just cut all the mindsets and all the theory behind, not all the theory, but all the really important why. Like why would, because I haven't really explained why too much of what I just talked on how to build sexual attraction and sexual tension. I've just really told you how. And for the absolute beginner, the absolute newbie, that's it. That's what he thinks he wants. That's what he wants. But it's not what he needs. An absolute beginner, because if, let's say this for example, Mr. Sharma goes out now, he re-listens to what I just said and goes, okay, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, I got the plan. Adam told me what it is. Let's do it. Why fucking not? Let's go. He steps out today and he goes, all right, I'm going to build this sexual attraction. I'm going to, maybe he's listened to the previous social Q&A on how to go out solo in the day or night, full guide to that, full guide. He's like, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing here. I've got the full game plan and now I've got my focus for the day. And my focus for the day is that I'm going to be working on sexual attraction and tension, which means I'm going to light her up with a fire, which I'm going to qualify, which means that I'm also going to allow for the tension to be built through silence. Let's go. Uh, fail. <laughs> fail. <laughs> fail. What do you mean fail? He hasn't even started yet, Adam. He's going to fail. I've worked with too many people. I've <laughs> been in this journey for far too long to know exactly what happens when someone thinks they, they can go out with the how-to actions without understanding why they have to do it, and uh, it never works out. It never works out. So that's why I just wanted to start this way. I wanted to start this way because now when, I under, when, now when I'm going to unpack the mentalities behind them, the understandings, and there's a very good story I want to tell you here. So while it just, I'm, a, I'm, a bit, I'm in a bit of a magician mood here. So let me magician you. The first time I truly understood uh, the power of, of infusing your interactions with sexual intent and sexual energy was when Matt was still alive and, what's up bro, and when Jordan, when Jordan and I were coming up together and there was one particular afternoon we went out. It was a Saturday, it was actually like Saturday morning, like 11am and we decided we were going to do uh, a flag plot. <laughs> Shout out. Jordan, if you're watching this, we're going to do a flag plot. What that means is that with your little crew, with your little uh, group of guys that you go out with, if you've got uh, close wings, <clears throat> you don't even have to have wings to do this. But basically, you just go to a new venue, a new environment that you're going to spend all day in and you're going to plant your flag and go, well, we've never been here before, but this is our place now. We're going to run this shit now. And for us in Adelaide, that was Marion. So... For those of you that have never been to Adelaide, basically there's the mall, Rundle Mall, which I spoke about a lot, which is basically the only place to meet girls during the day. There's that, unless it's summer, then the beach, but it's not really a cold approach environment, more warm, uh, lukewarm. But uh, anyway, so there's the mall, or if you're younger, there's Marion. So if you're in high school, there's Marion. A lot of high school girls go there. And what Marion is, it's just a Westfield. It's like a huge Westfield shopping center with like cinemas and that shit. We had never been there before. So as a three, as a trio, we decided we're going to flag plant. We're going to go, we're going to take the bus uh, out there, like 30, 40 minute bus, go into the city, get the bus. And we spend all day there. We're just going to meet girls. And we film the whole thing as well. We film the whole thing. You guys have seen 
uh, footage from that flag planting day. In my, in the video, why younger men should date older women, I believe there's footage from, there is definitely footage from that day of me as a 19 year old uh, in a much further back video called The Journey of Who You Are Becoming. And it like contrasts my 19 year old self versus my 22 year old self. Also in the, uh, there's another in, the, in a Canada boot camp video as well. I've also on the website, on the website, on the boot camps, the video that's there, there's also contrast between that day, that night, that's footage from the day I'm talking about right now. And so, anyways, the reason why I'm telling this story is because it's actually not got anything to do with married. I just wanted to paint that. That was something cool we did. But, but before that, when we met up in the mall, we decided that we were just going to get our beaks wet and we were just going to meet some girls in the mall first, then go to Marion. And this is the first time I truly understood the idea of conveying masculine intent. And this is where the Mr. Miyagi is coming from, which is that Mr. Sharma, Rajinish Sharma, who asked this question about building sexual attraction and tension, he can go do all the things I just said. He can go out today and try and fire a girl up, light a fire of her through qualification. He can try and allow for silence and space and still tremendously fail. Most likely will. It's because it's not about what you're doing. It is not about the words. It is about the masculine intent, the sexual intent that you infuse your interactions with. You can, you can never receive the instruction that I have just said and still sexually polarize interactions. Naturals have been doing it since the beginning of time. There is no natural out there who is going, all right, consciously, all right, I'm going to start the fire with this girl. Got to qualify with this girl. Oh, got to allow for the silence. Got to create space right? There's no natural that's doing that. They just, they naturally do that, but there's no natural that's consciously processing that. So how could this be? How could this work? How does he do it then? If he has no conscious processing of this sexual attraction creation along with attention, well, it's because he's infused the interaction with masculine intent. That's one thing that he does above and beyond all else better than anything else is infuse the interaction with sexual energy, right? And with sexual energy, the kingdom comes. All the rest, and so with your 50, this is what we would normally, you can see in the Mr. Miyagi. You can see this, uh, this, this bowl is coming together. Normally, I would start with what I'm about to say, which is that, well, Mr. Sharma, you need to have your 50 laid up, which is that you need to have your intent, eye contact, vocal projection, body language, and vibe, which all need to stem from your masculine intent and, your, <clears throat> and the sexual energy that you're going to infuse this interaction with, because without that, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how much fire you try to start. It doesn't matter how much silence you try to allow for. If you're not infusing interactions with sexual energy, good luck. She's not going to receive it. She's going to, she's, she'll hear you. She'll hear you. But she won't feel you. She'll hear you. <coughs> but she won't feel you. So, I just wanted you to let, I just wanted you to absorb that. So bring it back here, back to this girl, back to this first time I first experienced this. So it was that day, that Marion plant, uh, flag, flag planting day. There you go. We're in the mall. Thought I'd get my beak wet. Meet a few girls before we step out uh, onto the bus to go to Marion. Very attractive woman walks by. A woman, specifically using the term woman here, because I'm only 19. She's probably 28, 27. Looking back now. I don't know for sure, but high, high, late 20s for sure. And I just say to myself, 
because I'd never done this before, ever. I say, and by the way, at this time, I'm still a puppy dog. I'm still a Mr. Nice Guy. I'm still, uh, I'm, uh, I think this is either the, yeah, this is, it's either the beginning of the 30-day challenge, maybe in the first week of my first ever 30-day challenge, or it might have been slightly before that. No, I think it was during it. I think it was definitely during it, because I was, I filmed a whole, a whole bunch of vlogs during that, and this is one of them. So, I had, I'm still learning. I still don't really know what it means to convey sexual intent and masculine energy to a woman. I know what to, I kind of at the time, know what to say. Not as well as I've explained it for you guys here, for sure. But I know that I have to at least get on the front foot with this girl and kind of light her up. I'm using my terms now, more evolved, and aka qualifier at the beginning. But I don't know what it really means to actively and consciously infuse this interaction with sexual energy. So what is my, as I've often done, and I often uh, explain to you guys my way of thinking now, which is, well, if I don't know how to do something, let me get, get me, what's your best guess? And then take it to 10x. If you don't know how to fix something, just take your best guess if there was a gun to your head. If you don't know how to create sexual attraction, uh, infuses interaction with sexual energy, I know you don't know, but if you did, what would be your best guess? Well, at that time, hmm, what if I went over there with nothing in my mind, but I want to have sex with her? <coughs> Abrasive. Brash. You serious? You serious, bro? <laughs> Don't tell the feminists. <laughs> Don't tell the feminists. Oh, shit. That's so good. Oh, shit. Do not tell the feminists that you got to put that on a t-shirt. That is good. Okay. <laughs> I don't care if I'm the only one laughing at that. That is gold. <laughs> Holy shit. Anyways, let's move you. Let's stay on track here. I'm always crying. That's good. I think I was picturing like that hardcore feminist's face, like as I'm telling her, like, don't tell the feminist. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, it's so good. Okay, continuing. My best guess at the time, 19-year-old Adam, was that, well, I've, I don't really know how to convey this sexual energy. What my best guess would be, what if I just went over there and the only thought in my mind was, I want to have sex with her. Not right then, physically, obviously, but oh, for the hard case, hopefully you weren't thinking that. But what if just the entire way I walk up to her or run over to her, of course, I'm running, that it's just like just thinking, feeling sex, feeling sex, this idea of energy of sex behind it. just And not don't get so attached to the penetration. That's not really what I was thinking about. It was more just that, well, I see this really attractive woman go by and I don't... Again, I don't know, so I'm just going to do my best, whatever I think would be the best thing if a gun was to my head, and 10x it. Right, 10x it. So it's very extreme. Yes, it is very extreme. Uh, if, if, do, am I recommending you do this? Hey, listen, do what you want. Do what you want. All I'm telling you is what I did, and the results were extreme. The results were extreme. <coughs> I went, uh, I remember where it was. For those of you in Adelaide, at the end of the mall of King William and Hindley, that end of the mall, we're about to turn left to go to the bus stops to catch the bus to Marion. This uh, really attractive girl, a woman I should say, about 28, 29 or so, uh, long brown hair, white girl, she walks by. And I'm like, I didn't tell Matt or Jordan about this. She walks by 
And I made a commitment that I said, the only thing I'm going to think about running over to her is sex, that I want to have sex with her, that I have this burning, deep intensity within me to have this fire of a sexual connection with her. That's all I'm going to think about. Now, of course, I'm not going through all those different thoughts. It's really just one word. It's just sex, sex, sex in my mind as I'm going over there. Sex, sex, sex. Now, again, not penetration, just the newbie, just the idea of sexual energy infused. I get over there. I stop her. One of the best interactions of my life to that day. Starts to, I was actually pausing. There's a big problem I used to have when I was a beginning that I was just this absolute, just, you yeah, excuse me, I just don't know what's up. It was just like, always that kind of uh, that kabuki performance. It was a kabuki performance in me. But for the first time ever, I was actually able to slow down. When I actually stood, I can still see her face to this day. <coughs> and it's been like seven years. I still remember the look in her eyes when I went over there with nothing in my mind, but I want to create a sexual uh, connection with this woman. When I went over there, I want to create a sexual connection with this woman. And I'm just looking at her with that, and that's the intensity burning through my eyes. Of course, I'm going to take pauses. Of course, now, I'm very willing to challenge her and tease her on everything. Right? I remember her telling me that, I remember her telling me that she was a Sparky. And for those of you who aren't in Australia, a Sparky is an electrician. And when we got into uh, very early on in the interaction. I remember me just for the first time ever really experiencing true qualification in which I said, Sparky, what the fuck is that? I, and I never, and I, I genuinely did not care about offending her. I did not care about how, uh, how abrasive I was being, how, 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 how much friction I was causing here by just, just challenging everything that she's saying. Right? And she was just, she was melting. She was melting into it. Now, to bring this to a close here, when I eventually went to close with her, right, this is going to blow your fucking mind. It blew my mind at the time. Is that I'm like, well, listen, at the end, again, one, probably the first time I ever really felt what it truly meant to close a woman with masculine intent and not playing from a transactional, short-term, pedestaling mentality of, oh, can I get your number? Or could we get together sometime? Or could we bake some brownies together? You know, it's not that kind of vibe ever again from this point on. What it is is that, well, of course we've got to get together. So do you have a phone? Now, if you guys notice, in, if you watch any of my interactions with any females of any on my content, how does the clothes sound? It's always, well, of course. It's never a transactional thing. It's like, do you have a phone? Do, do you have five minutes? Let's go get a cup. You going this way? Well, I'm, let's go this way. It's, it's never, it's always level field now. Someone who is infusing the interactions with true masculine energy does not see this as a as a lucky occurrence that there happened to be in this situation with this woman. Ah, oh, this is this is how it's meant to be. This is how it's meant to be. So, of course, I'm going to lead this because I've got to get back to my boys. We're going to go plant our flag in, uh, plant our flag in Marion. So, I want to get to see you again. So, let's get together. And it was it's the first time I remember as a 19-year-old boy Truly remembering, by the way, not in front of an 18-year-old girl. Doing this in front of a woman, 
a woman who is eight to nine years older than me, if not slightly more. And the way that I know slightly more is because we have what she's about to say to me. And extremely attractive as well. And for the first time as well. And I remember it. That's why it's like so stuck viscerally within me. And the way that she responded was, well, not only did her eyes like blow, like almost like a circuit had blown in her eyes. You could just see the dilation. And uh, I remember the feminine energy. It takes me back. It's just such a beautiful moment. And, and what she says to me is that, you know, this is going to sound very disappointing, but I'm actually getting married next week. It's what a whole that space for you there. Now, I want to propose a question to you guys. How do you think Adam in that moment responded? What's your best guess? Do you think he was elated or dejected by that? Do you think that was a, a crushing moment? That he'd finally learn what it meant to be a sexually attractive being, finally convey his masculine intent energy, and then fuck, fuck, she's getting married next week, right? Do you think that's that crushing moment? Or do you think it's that an elating moment in which that, well, I did the absolute best I could, better than I've ever done before. And if this woman had not been in getting married next week, then we would be getting on right now. I'll let you think about that. I'll tell you how the rest of it goes. Which is that she then goes on to say, but if I wasn't getting married next week, it's a be on. And I just, I just remember, I, I don't remember what I said after that, but I remember walking away from her, never feeling better. Never feeling better. And because it was like, it was true. It was true in that moment. We're staring into each other's eyes and I could feel that genuine sense from her that she didn't want this to end and that she had just even though she's getting married next week and she's showing me this ring shows on this ring and that you could feel that genuine sense of her that maybe this guy was uh maybe this guy getting married to maybe he's not the right choice you could i could feel that that at least the maybe she's not thinking that maybe but you could feel that there was a part of her that wanted to explore this because she received a true masculine energy and so anyways, I wanted to paint this out for Mr. Sharma and for all of you guys uh, in this live stream right here, which is that from that point on, I truly understood now that when people say, well, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's not about the words. You know, she may hear you, but does she feel you? And from that point on, I just, I spent the rest of the day cultivating this. I spent the rest of my life cultivating this, which is this forget Forget about the tactics, forget about uh, the X, Y, and Zs, forget about the X and Os of this military operation. There are naturals out there that, that are getting laid tonight that have no idea about the X and Os of what I told Mr. Sharma at the beginning about creating sexual attraction through qualification, creating friction through challenging and teasing, that have no idea about consciously allowing for silence and pausing, and that's how you build sexual tension, and that whoever breaks first loses in a good way. There are guys that are going to get laid tonight that are going to sexually polarize interactions tonight that have no idea about those things. And that's what's so beautiful about it because they don't need to. As long as they have the key pillar of that, no matter what they do, what they say, they can infuse all of it with sexual polarity, sexual energy, sexual intent that I'm a masculine being and you're a feminine being. 
and well, we're going to see what we can do here. Of course, of course, we're going to see what we can do here. Let's go. Let's go. And that's where, that's where the fun happens. That's where the creativity of the watermelon tactics, that's where straight watermelon tactics, that's where you can go out tonight and uh, instead of having to have a checklist of, of, of all these different things you have to say and do and, and oh, but I'm looking at the 45 degree angle of the body language and oh, I need to know about whether uh, she, has, she has invested enough of her social capital within me and now I can lead her, right? You know, all these, all these fucked up pickup tactics that guys seem to think that is more important than the fundamental essence of injecting this interaction with sexual energy. At the energy of that, I'm holding this frame and this masculine being. Let's see what we can do. So, to Mr. Sharma, who might not be thinking, does that mean I now go out and approach every woman thinking of nothing but sex, 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 sex? Yeah, I don't know Mr. Sharma. I don't know Mr. Sharma. And I wouldn't recommend it. Why? Because I don't know him. I'm going to be working one-on-one with someone next week intensively. I wouldn't even tell him to be doing that until I've worked with him. Not until I know him. Not until I know how he would take that. Because for some guys, especially hard cases, the word sex comes with a lot of different connotations. Comes with a lot of Pornhub.com. Comes with a lot of uh, baggage. A lot of negativity. A lot of unworthiness. A lot of uh, self-loathing. A lot of... A lot of a lot of sludge, a lot of toxic sludge. Okay, so maybe that's not the word that's not maybe not gonna be the trigger word that an absolute hard case needs. I was an absolute hard case. I was at that time roughly around a five. So I could handle the, using the word sex and not infect the word sex with what maybe a hard case would. I was a lot more mentally stable than that. But if I get on when I'm coaching with my client this in the next weekend and he's the type of guy that I can work, well, maybe sex is not the right key word for him. Maybe that's not a key trigger word for him. That's what I do. So I'm not recommending that all of you go out tonight and use that word, but I would experiment and find a word for you. And the word is just going to speak to the truth. The word is just going to be the finger that points to the moon of masculine energy. Whether that is you go in, Maybe that is, you just go in and just interchange the word of sex instead of going out to a woman now and just thinking of nothing but sex, but thinking of nothing but masculine energy. You know, that's a fail-safe. That's going to go down well for anyone. You know, it's just masculine energy, masculine energy, masculine energy, masculine energy, right? The reason why I'm, I'm telling you the truth of my journey, I'm not saying you have to do what I do, though. That's, I've never said that, and that's part of my job as a coach is to tell you that don't do what I do. Find out what works for you. Okay, if you find that that word is too much of a trigger word that inspires too much of your uh, spending nights of your own with, uh, <laughs> with a box of Kleenex and portup.com, but that's just like it brings up too much negativity for you, don't use that word then. Okay, use masculine energy. Think of words like that. Think of uh, polarity. Uh, I'm trying to use anything, the word that doesn't have sex, uh, connection, whatever. Whatever's going to get you into the, the frame of mind that. I'm going to infuse this interaction with the number one key thing of polarization. I'm a masculine being. You're a feminine. Let's get it on. <laughs> Let's do it. Whatever it is for you. And that's where I'm going to wrap up the content. That's going to wrap up the content of this social Q&A lab, Junior one. This has been a great session. Absolutely great session. We will now dive. But you guys are like, but Adam, what about the questions? It sounded like we were going to finish then. 
now we'll dive into your questions. If you guys have got anything, any questions around dating, relationships, social dynamics in the world of human interaction, please drop them in the question box down below. Of course, the uh, super chat is available. If you guys would like to donate to this channel, help support what's going on here at the dojo, get your brick in the dojo, uh, you guys can donate. Donate that with a question. I'll bump your question to the top and give much more deeper context towards that. That's always much appreciated. If you guys are enjoying this content, please drop a thumbs up down below. I really appreciate that. And also, if you're watching this in post, drop me a comment on the video down below. It really helps the video out. I'll come back and respond. And uh, and you know what? Share this with someone if you think like you're getting some benefit as well. How spread that love. Spread that love in, eh? And we'll dive into uh, some questiones. Some shitsumon. Uh, shitsumon. And uh, how much time have we got? We got more. Yeah, so actually, it, we didn't go for a full hour on content. I did much better. I did much better. We we were at somewhere like 40 minutes. So that's a much, I don't know, it's an improvement. I don't know. I like I like the fact that we do, a, that I've been doing a lot more um, content. I, I, I like content. But I know that I want to be engaged with you guys. And I want to keep these things very, very tactical as well. So we'll get your questions here. And let's have a fucking time. I fucking know. Let's go. Let's go. It goes there. So, um, diving into this chat box. A decent, I'm just diving into the questions before what I said before. Uh, Adi says, what's good, bruh? You changed your profile picture or is that a different Adi? I don't know. Maybe I'll think about your Instagram profile picture. What's good, bruh? Everything is good, my man. Life is good. It is rare to be alive. It is rare. Uh, Romario McLaren comes in saying, been trying to game older girls, but the moment they know my age, it's over. <laughs> it's just the way he said that. It's such a defeated mindset. The moment they know my age, it's over. Okay, so listen, that's not a question, but I'll provide you some value on it as to why it might be over. <clears throat> the only time it is game over for a guy when a woman finds out his age is if he is not able to own his age. I have made a routine practice of getting into casual relationships, sexually polarized relationships with women much, much older than me, right? Uh, and I made a whole video on it. It's uh, becoming a lot more popular. It's picking up a lot more traction now. It's called Why Younger Men Should Date Older Women. A lot of effort went into that video and it's fucking lit. So go and check it out. And in that video, I paint out why younger men should be dating older women. And one of the principles behind that, and I'll just deliver it here for you, Mr. McLaren. Yes, Mr. McLaren. Is that the only time that it's game over uh, for a younger dude when he purports his age too accurately to the woman <clears throat> and she's older is if he is not comfortable with that, is if he is not able to own that, if he perceives there to be a limit Right? The, because what happens there is that he crashes the interaction. He crashes the polarization of energy. Listen, the connection between the masculine and feminine knows no age. Uh, and, and to prove this point, back in the day, like, the sexual age of like sexual, when you can legally have sex in Australia, depending on the state, is like 16 at the youngest, 18 in most other states. Air, puberty hits us much younger than that. Girls are ready to have sex at roughly around 13. Guys, uh, even younger for some girls, guys, 
more around that 13 to 16. So for some girls, like 10 to 13 that they can start their menstruation period. If you just look at human biology, we're ready to have sex at a much younger age than what our legal uh, statute says. So within that, there is a nugget of wisdom, which is that, well, for the longest of time, we didn't even use age. That age, whether you're 18 or 30, <coughs> didn't, didn't exist. For the longest of time, human beings did not operate with language. We did not speak with English. That we used everything but the verbalization. Right? We used our intent, eye contact, vocal projection, body language, and vibe. Okay? So if you can understand that, Mr. McLaren, Mr. McLaren, you can now understand why that when I say that the only time age causes an issue between a younger dude and an older woman is when the younger dude is not comfortable with his age or the gap within between the two. Because as when I got over that with myself, it actually became an advantage. Older women love the fire. They love the fire of the younger cub who's stepping up, right? But they will not put up with the younger cub who is self who is insecure. They will not put up with the younger cub who is insecure. But a younger girl who wants to step up, provides that energy, makes her feel alive again, makes her feel like this, ah, oh, fuck, this is what I used to experience. But now I've got, now the only guys I'm used to now are these like 30, 35-year-old guys who take themselves way too seriously, that are just like stiff-necked. They got the stiff ties. They don't know how to have fun anymore. They don't know how to whip up some of that coconut oil and give another one of these. <laughs> they don't know how to do any of that anymore. They don't have the spice of life in the mind anymore. So as you can see, this is what a younger cub can bring for sure if he can own it. And what he's owning, what, what is being owned is that, well, really, I don't give a fuck about how old you are. I don't give a fuck. Some of my, some of my, uh, my favorite interactions... I would say, if not, barring a couple, almost all of my great, my favorite interactions, the girls that I've had the greatest times with, have always been at least a five-year age gap, if not more. Right? There's a couple that have been closer, closer to my age, but generally speaking, it's not with younger girls. It's generally speaking, it's with girls much older, and the faces are coming to mind. So when you say, McLaren, that it's game over for you right now when you know, she finds out how old you are, the reason why I would believe that is game over is because you are insecure about your age. And I've worked with a lot of guys about that. And or if not, you're insecure about your age, you're insecure about the age gap, which is the psychological gap, which if you go back to that video on why younger men should date older women, I discuss this heavily. I discuss overcoming the psychological gap. So I will not spend much more time on this, but I just found it very interesting. So yes, it's game over because you believe it to be game over. Bang! That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yes, sir. Real guy. That's what I'm talking about. So, moving on to the next questions. And for those of you that are just jumping into a live stream, yes, we are in the uh, Q&A. What is going on with my hair today? Jesus. Of oh, the sauna. <laughs> uh, what was I saying there? Oh, we were in the Q&A section. We were in the Q&A section of this live stream. So, drop any questions you have. Uh, dating, social damage, relationships, whatever. We've got a little extra time today. We don't time because I got through the content much faster. So let's do it. Moving on to the next question. Infinite Paradox says, hey, hope you're going well, my friends. Mm -mm. Adi says, not going to lie. I thought you would go for it anyway. Lul. Um, not sure what you're talking about there, but okay. Uh, Schemo says, <clears throat> probably a bad question, but... Could you go into detail about, in quotes, the stop? 
end quotes, during day game. I can't even fathom myself doing it in my mind at the moment with a uh, funny emoji, laughing emoji. All I've been doing is night game for a while. Uh, yeah, the reason why it's probably a bad question is because I best demonstrated. Best demonstrated. I can talk about it for you, but all you have to do is just watch any of my infield skimmer. <laughs> uh, all you have to do, so there's two components to the stop. Space and plant. Okay, so when you do a direct... Well, actually, uh, this is actually probably why I haven't spoken about it much because, yeah, best demonstrated. Like, you, you can hear me talk about it, but on, on boot camp, my client that I'll be going to next weekend, the first thing we do is I teach them to stop. There are two stops in the day, two effective stops. There's three, actually, but I don't teach the third one. It's a serendipitous thing that he learns through the process of us meeting 60 to 70 girls a day. It'll come, but I don't teach it. It's called the saunter, but we'll move that until later. The first two stops, the direct stop, which is open space. You've got plenty of space in front of you. Two key principles, you need plenty of space. You need to get right around the front, more space than you ever feel that you ever need. Get right around the front in a circular motion. You'll notice in all my interactions when I stop a girl, circular motion, plenty of space. Part two, plant the feet. Okay, you must plant the feet in front of her shoulder to shoulder. That is the direct stop. Uh, no matter what she does, she walks by you, she almost bumps into you because you fucked it up, whatever, it doesn't matter, you plant your feet. Two reasons for this. Number one, if you don't plant your feet, why would you expect her to? Uh, if you aren't going to hold your frame, why would you expect her to feel it? There's that on a more mentality-based way. Also, to the key fact of when you should not be trying to block someone's way. If you, oh, this is the worst. This is the fucking worst. When you see guys try and stop a girl and they didn't nail the stop and they don't plant their feet. They're a leaf in the wind and they just like keep walking with her. Oh, Jesus. The pedestaling. So there's that. There's the Mr. Nice guy. They weren't willing to hold their frame. But also the guys that are too aggressive and they try and block her. They try and stop her from moving away. That's actually harassment at that point. Gives day game a bad name. So no matter what you do, Skimmer, is that you get around the front, plenty of space, shoulder to shoulder, plant your feet, done. Now, again, I don't expect you to be able to go out after that. Well, you could take that and then look at my infield and then do your best. <clears throat> That's what I recommend, but it's going to come through experience. Just take the principles there. But trust me, um, it's just through experience. Like you, Nowadays, it's like it's a, it's a living, breathing, <laughs> it's an extension of your my body. Like this, you don't think about it anymore. But that's through the reps, just through the reps, like anything, just through the reps. So, uh, moving on. Nice Smack says, you. Welcome, Nice Smack. Good to have you in here. Doomlord BG comes in. Oh, shout out. Also, I just want to say before I address his question, just because of his, uh, his username, apparently the new Call of Duty came out today. It's like two weeks early. For those of you like, I know it's like super random where the fuck did that come from because my brother got it. And, uh... For those of you that don't know, I used to have a Call of Duty gaming channel. I was hardcore into that shit. And uh, yeah, I knew my way around the noobs. I used to wreck a few noobs in my day. <laughs> so new Call of Duty is out. I haven't played in a long time though. I'm waiting for VR. I'm waiting for the real VR. I'm waiting for that sort, sort Art Online VR where you can put on a face mask and it takes you into a different reality. I, that's, I told myself I'm not going to play any more video games until that comes around. We're probably looking at another... 15 or 20 years before that happens. But when it does, I'll be ready. So, uh, Doom Lord BG says, 80% of literally 80% of literally the same story happened to me the other day. In brackets, day 17 of my challenge. I'm 19-year-old puppy dog boy versus 24-year-old woman. In brackets, 
My intent was like a bazooka annihilating a target I felt in control. Yes, sir. Shit. Suge. That's, a, that's so good. <laughs> I was getting excited just reading that. Beautiful, my man. Uh, Doom Lord, if you're day 17 of your 30-day challenge, uh, that's, that's Gumbadio. Gumbadio. Do, do your best. Do your best. That's awesome. I love hearing this. I love it. In this week's Bowl Sip email, I'm featuring a story from one of you guys that has been uh, climbing the journey. And I, I fucking love the, the success. I love the success stories. We don't speak about them nearly as much because most of my content is geared around uh, concern, concern, not acquisition, concern resolution, in which that I'm just, I'm, I'm putting out fires. You know, I'm addressing the concerns of the journey. So I love hearing the success. So uh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. The fact that you could relate to my story, hell yes. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing when you get to that point of realizing, oh, most of an interaction actually has very little to do with what I'm saying. It has more to do with what I'm actually do, how I'm allowing her to feel me, how I'm best conveying my masculine energy. It's far more to do with how I'm saying, not what I'm saying. It's amazing, that realization. It's incredible. So excellent, my man. Excellent. Uh... Oh, also, um, I'm just going to uh, hold on a second. Just because we just addressed that question from Schemo, I just see him popped up saying, thanks, Adam. I just got to do the damn thing. Yeah, one one video I would help you, uh, that would help you tremendously is if you go watch, Schemo, if you go watch Why Younger Men Should Date Older Women, there is footage from when I'm 19 in a white hoodie and red pants, red chinos, you see possibly one of the most exquisite stops you'll ever see in your life. Just model your stop after that. Right? You actually, most of my, in, in almost all of my infield, you'll see incredibly, it's something that I pride myself on because I've just, well, not pride, but it's something that I have a very high level of expertise in just because of the reps. <laughs> just, I've done it thousands and thousands of times. Also, please know that you, you're always going to fuck it up. Many a time, at the last moment, <clears throat> an old woman might just bump into you and completely fuck up your stop. A little kid will run in between you and the girl, completely fuck up your stop. You could do the very best stop you could do, and when you get shoulder to shoulder with a girl, she happens to look to the left when you're on the right for a half second, and so that she has no idea that you're there, and you gave her plenty of space. And yet, you still, when she turns to see you, she's like, fuck, there's a guy there that I didn't even know was there. Well, you're still going to freak her out a little bit, right? And you learn to recover from that. It's not about perfection. But I want you to watch that video because you'll see, you'll see me in that white hoodie doing one of the... Just model your stop after that. You see the space. You see the foot planting. You see the shoulder to shoulder. Just model after that. And if you even get 80% of that, 85 90% of that, you want to work to 100% of what... I was doing then. And it's like, listen, that was me at 19. If I was able to do a stop in the day on a really attractive woman who was much older like that in the middle of a mall at 19, it's like, that, that was that was seven years ago. How are you going to get your feet wet? You got you to get out there, my friend. Too slow. Too slow. You got to get out there. So anyways, I just want to address that. Coming back in here. Halloween pranks. Halloween pranks. Here we go. Let's see. He goes, hi Adam, lol, I heard your comment last week. My name is Sal from California. 
Yosha, here we go. We got a name in here. We got a name in here. For those of you that didn't hear it, last week I'm like, I was fed up with the fact of me having to call him Halloween Prankster is the worst username I've ever seen. So I just, it's just like, I can't respect the use. It's hard for me to respect your questions when your name is Halloween Prankster. Okay. So now if I know it's Sal, that helps. Sal from Cali. Good. How's Venice Beach? Oh, you guys have good weather all the time, don't you? You guys never get under 20, do you? You don't really get cold weather there, do you? Uh, anyways, just getting dragged back to the last time I was in Venice. Venice Beach. Anyway, so moving on. Halloween. Sal says, what do you think about conservative parents and parents that are really strict with their kids in the name of, in quotes, I want you to succeed and not go down the wrong path? End quotes. Thanks, mate. I sense some personal context here, Sal. It seems like a very strange question. Why are you asking this? That's what I'm thinking first. Why are you asking this? I'll, I'll answer your question, but uh, I'm more interested in why, for you personally, why you would be asking this. So, what do I think about parents that are really strict with their kids and wanting, and really, to the question of what he's really saying there is trying to helicopter their journeys, trying to make sure that they, they, they walk the good path, they, they fight the good fight, they walk the good light. And what I say is that, what I think about that is that all parents want that. All parents want their child to succeed, of course. Not, not just from a biological point of view, of course, the hard wiring of that. Well, we need to make sure our genes survive here. There's that. There's obviously everything that they do is going to be underpinned by that. But even more so that every, child, every parent wants to pass on a better life. They want to see their child have a better life than what they had. You know, they, they want to see... Now, that's a very altruistic point of view. That's a very uh, non-self-centered point of view. But there's also a very self-centered point of view, which is that I want to... A lot of parents come from that point of view of that. I want... If my child isn't successful, what does that mean for me? How does that reflect upon me? All of my life's work. If I'm not able to have that reflected by my offspring. Does that tarnish that? Does, does that degrade that? Does that devalue that? A lot of parents, whether they consciously go through that thought process, it definitely colors their behavior. So you can understand why some parents are those helicopter parents that just try and micromanage absolutely everything, especially in terms of, you're talking about here on the path of success and not going down the wrong path. Listen, in my opinion, the worst thing a parent can do, and actually I had a conversation with a woman on a plane back from New York, this uh, this previous trip, uh, coaching trip in New York. I was sitting next to this uh, gold mining tycoon who's 21 years old. I've spoken about this in a couple of stories. I spoke, spoke about this with Roy in our podcast together. He was on my left and this woman was on my right who had a troubled child. She, he was like 13 or so. He's a bit of a, causing a bit of a ruckus. And, you know, she's like a, She's like, a, she's a, she works in the defense force here in Australia. Um, not, she's not a soldier. She's like a part of their PR. She works in defense. You know, she's a straight shooter, but her, her child's like kind of getting into drugs, getting into e-cigs and that type of stuff. And, and what I'm seeing here is that you've got this woman on my right and you've got this, this uh, gold mining tycoon on the left who's like 21 who was an absolute fuck up in school and loves and regularly admits it, admitted it many times throughout the conversation. And I'm sitting in the middle and the, the advice he was painting, giving to her was that because she's trying to do what you're saying, uh, Sal, she was trying to do for her child 
what you're saying. She's trying to steer him down the path of success and not the wrong path. But what the gold mining tycoon, and when I just a paint tycoon, which is that this guy's like doing multi-million dollar deals, traveling between Australia and the US and traveling up to Connecticut and New York to uh, discuss deals with these gold miners, right? And et cetera. And he's like a 21 who dropped out of high school. And so the wrong path, I don't think there is a wrong path, right? The, the wrong path, if you, even if you just look at people like Casey Neistat's story, you know, he, he uh, I think he dropped out of high school at six. Now, I'm not even sure if he went to high school, but I know that he left home at 16 and pursued his uh, career of being a filmmaker and had a child at like 18, as if it's 16 or 18, was living in New York on his own, essentially from 16 years old, eventually becomes one of the greatest creators of uh, one of the most at least uh, well-known creators and has created some incredible shit and done incredible things for many people. So was it, was it the wrong path for him to drop out of high school at 16 and have a child and uh, move to New York with no money and, and just try and scrape through life? Is that the wrong path? Seems pretty successful now. Hmm. The wrong path is a good question. The wrong path and what is the wrong and right path is a good question. Listen, I'm going to paint you out a real story here. I'm going to be very careful. Someone that I know very close to me is currently dealing with a, an addiction to uh, methamphetamines. I'm not sure which one in particular. But uh, he's struggling big time. Just can't, just can't get sober. Can't, for the life of him, can't get sober. Should his parents have done more? Should his parents have intercepted that, pa- that path when they saw the early signs? I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's doing tough really right. He's doing real tough right now. He's uh, outwardly on the scale of society. You know, he's at the bottom right now. He's at the absolute bottom. Just addicted to drugs. He's offering nothing to the world. He's not providing anything for others. You know, leeching off society, so to speak. But what if this experience that he goes through now, one day, if he does get sober, becomes the transformational story in which that he decides, well, I'm going to go ahead and make sure that no one else walks down this path and becomes an inspirational speaker and, you know, uses his turmoil to help others and ends up, ends up through that process helping so many other people more than he ever could have if he didn't go down that path. These questions, these questions here. So anyways, to wrap up your question on what parents that try and over-parent, I think, I think parents should do the best they can to allow their child to find themselves. Whether that is that they're going to find themselves through darkness or find themselves through light, whatever it is, do the best you can, provide all that you can, and let them grow. That's my, that's, if, if I had a child, that would be my parenting style, which is that I'm going to provide all the support I can. Which is that when you fall, I will support you. And however you fall, I will support you. My Japanese is getting better. Okay, hope that addresses that. Oh, shit. Schema drops in a super chat of $2.99 Australian, Australian dollars saying thanks heaps, Adam. No worries, Schema. I appreciate that. And, uh, man, that goes straight back to the dojo. So humbling. Humbling. Hontani. Kanshesteru. It's, uh, I'm just very grateful, man. It really, uh, you guys don't know. You guys don't know. It's, uh, I'll be doing this shit for free anyway. I received a really humbling message from one of my clients who just wrapped up 12 weeks post boot camp. And 
you know, just, just, just humbly, just thanking for for the work. And it's like, man, man, it's like it's the other way around. It's my honor to be here for you guys. It's my honor to be here. So thank you so much, Skimmer. Humbly. Moving on to the next question. Day Day go. Well, hold up. Did I skip anything there? No, I didn't. Next question comes from Day Day saying top three favorite anime. Whoa. Top three? Just uh, just go to my go to bulldozer.com and hit up the resources of wisdom. There's TV, anime, and docos. My now that's not my favorite anime or favorite docos or favorite uh, movies in there. That's just the movies, anime, and docos that have provided me with the greatest instruction of wisdom. <laughs> but number one favorite anime of all time, of course, is Dragon Ball Z, hundred percent. And uh, it's the only anime that I'll ever watch in dub. It's the only anime that, because of course I grew up with it in the English uh, voices on Cheese TV, Cheese TV, when I was uh, seven years old. So, but I've learned, I've, it's just, it's taught me so much about becoming a man. And so much of my principles and what I coach other people through come from Dragon Ball Z as well. So number two would probably be One Piece. Uh, and number three would be, number three would be hard. Number, number three would be a tie between many, between many. Samurai Champloo comes to mind. Uh, not, of course, Naruto, Naruto comes to mind. Haikyuu comes to mind. Uh, Yomushi Pedadu is coming to mind because that's a new one that's coming in. That's, that's it. Ashton Joe comes to mind. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot could take number three. A lot. Hajime uh, Uipo comes to, comes to mind. We could go all day here. We could go fucking all day. Um, uh, what's what's the uh, uh, Guren Lagan? Guren Lagan that comes to mind. There's a lot that comes to mind. There's a lot that I'm missing as well. But uh, those are the top two are always cemented. Anyways, anyways, we'll move on from that question. Thanks for the question, though. Good question. Um, and that's just anime series. That's not even anime movies. No, another one, anime movie for sure. Kimi no Naiwa. Moving on, moving on. J Prime goes. Uh, what's the name of the anime channel? Are you talking about when I did anime film reviews? If that's what you're talking about, it's called Adam O. If you type into YouTube, uh, I think if you type into YouTube just Adam O, it'll bring it up. I'll check that right now. If not, if you type in Adam O, Akira review. Or Adam O, uh, Kotonoha no Niwa, or the Garden of Words review, or Adam O, this, uh, uh, Koe no Kitachi. There you go, Koe no Kitachi. Uh, I reviewed those animes, uh, those anime films. It's something I experimented with because one of my clients asked me to review Koe no Kitachi, a silent voice, and uh, and I really enjoyed making them at the time. However, they became too intensive. And they were taking too much time away from my here, my stuff here at the bowl. So, um, you guys can check out those reviews. They're they're not like bullshit reviews. They've got the time of day in them, and uh, I know that those that watched them really appreciated them. So, anyways, the channel is Adam O. Just type in that Adam O. Asylum Voice Review. You'll find it there. Okay, uh, Harder TV says, <laughs> "Nice, Matt comes in with a question going." I know you say we should call a woman out on her BS, but how do we do it without making us look like a desperate chode? Uh, nice smack. Just go back to the start of this uh, this podcast, this social live stream. Light her up. Create the fra- create the fra- uh, create the fire. Through qualification, through qualification, and uh, starting a fire of a woman, you challenge and you tease her. That is calling her out on her BS. Now you might be talking about a girl. So that's calling a girl out on her BS in a good way, 
like if a in in a, in a in a way that's creating attraction. But I know that your question could be interpreted in another way, in which that well, what if a girl's actually fucking up? Like not just she's being a bit silly. Like she's, she's just saying silly things, and you got to challenge her, tease her on it, which creates attraction. No, what if she's actually being a bit of a bitch? What if she's uh, fucking up? What if she's being a feisty alpha female, as I've made an entire podcast on? Nice smack. That's all you have to go and watch. Just go and watch that. That's all you, you go watch that entire podcast if you're struggling with this. For you here right now, the way that you call a girl out on a BS is that you just state what it is. So, for example, with that girl uh, who's the story, this, the feistiest girl I've had to deal with, um, when I rocked up on that day two with her and she, uh, she wouldn't hug me off the day two, I don't just let that pass. On a day two, if you're not going to hug, and she was like being an adamant bitch about it, I was like, why no hug? Call it out. Huh? She's like, oh, oh, I don't know, no feeling it. Okay, anyways, moving forward, we get our coffee in the coffee store. I go out, right? I come back, I'm like, all right, we're going down to the Botanic Gardens. It's kind of slightly raining. Not much, like it's like spitting, right? And she goes, she's like, no, it's too cold, it's raining. I'm like, all right, well, fuck, I'm going. I'm going. I'm not, this is what I'll be doing anyway. This is day two. Met her on the street the day before, a couple of days before. I'm like, well, I'm gone, so see ya. So I just walk off. That's calling her on a BS. You just stay true to your frame. You don't allow your frame to break, right? It's like, okay, you don't want to go, that's fine, but I'm gone. Eventually, walking down, 30 seconds later, hear the heels. She's like, all right, fine, I'm coming. She comes, comes down. Fast forward to the, uh, if she's being adamantly difficult at any stage, you just call her out and you say, why are you being difficult? What? Why? Why? That's all it is. That's all it is. And and I'm because uh, I've done a whole podcast on this, and there's also an abbreviated version of that podcast in the Boulder Joe clips of how to do a fast day alpha females. Nice smack. Just go watch either the full podcast, which is like an hour and a half long, or there's a abbreviated version in the Boulder Joe clips, which is also to deal with how to deal with fast day alpha females. Uh, it's in the it's very early on in the Boulder Joe clips. Just check the playlist on the channel. Cool. Principle being, you just say why. You just call it out. That's all it is. You don't have to be a dick about it. You just stay what she's doing. Uh, next question comes from Day Day saying, KSI versus Logan Paul. Uh, what a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> what a bunch of tomfoolery. Uh, you do realize that that is a 100% setup. That if you guys watch the first one, for those of you who don't know what he's talking about, KSI and Logan Paul are major YouTubers. Uh, millions and millions of subscribers and they they pulled off an event last year or is it at the beginning of this year or l- late last year in which that they held in like a first ever pretty much like they sold out was it the o2 arena or something one some arena in london and uh did record record pay-per-view just incredible it's like youtube first ever youtube live stream pay-per-view and uh and they called it a draw they called it a draw. It clearly was not. I don't remember who. I don't. I remember watching the fight. I don't remember who won, but I knew it was quite clear. Yet they called it a draw. Of course they called it a draw, just so they could sell the next fight. Hundred percent. And uh, but it was clearly not a draw. Then in the second fight, of course, uh, guys, it's, they're not. They're not professional fighters. So who have I got? No one. No one. I don't. Care. It's like I don't care. It's not a real fight. It's not a real fight. It's a. I. I consider it a pageant. I consider it a pageant. If they were to get into, because it's not, 
if they were to get into a sanctioned fight, right, which means that they would have to get a legal commission to sanction their fight, whether it be in Bellator, in the UFC, in uh, whatever, in uh, in actual boxing, if they weren't going to do mixed martial arts, if they were going to go to the uh, to somewhere in the US or wherever, but just to get a legal commission to actually sanction this as a legitimate fight and it would go down on their actual records. I'm, if, is that what they're doing this time? I don't know. I don't follow. I just know that the first time it wasn't real. I don't think it was that. It was an amateur fight because they had headgear. So I don't know what they're doing this time. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, bring me a real fight and then I'll care. Right? And that's why boxing is really not that interesting to me. I like watching heavyweight boxing because the consequences are a little bit more... Uh, a little bit more uh, dire. However, and I appreciate the white, the lower classes, but it's just not that interesting because once you know, once you've seen mixed martial arts, you can never go back. It's like you can you could never say to someone that boxing is more entertaining than mixed martial arts. It's like because you know through boxing, you can appreciate the mastery and the excellence of this man and this combination. You can you get the footwork and and the and the and the conditioning and the mind games and the chess games and the art and I respect all of it. But what if he was to throw a kick? What and we found out. We found out. You just go back to UFC one, two, and three. You found out what happened to boxers when they got put on their backs. A lot of if you go back to the initial UFC one, two, and three, there were some straight boxers, high level, high level kickboxers, world champion kickboxers, and boxers that the moment they got put on their backs and just by a wrestler and just got suffocated, just had the just the rest the typical wrestling tactic, just cover the guy's mouth, stop him from breathing, tapped, tapped, not even from strikes, not even from submission. They tapped because they had never been under that pressure before, just from the pressure. <coughs> so it's like, it's not that I don't respect boxing. It's just that I don't. I'm just. Not, I can't get excited by it when I want to know what happens if you kick him in the leg, if you throw him on the ground, if you strangle him. What's he gonna do? That's where my mind comes from. So, anyways, uh, moving forward. Uh, Adi comes in saying, uh, "Whoop, where are we at? I still need you to watch Spider Man into the Spider. It's not going to happen, Adi. It's not going to happen. So for those of you who are wondering, he says, "I still need you to watch Spider Man into the Spider Verse." He asked me this on uh, on the gram. Shout out to We Tang One. Uh, I'll say this to you now again, Adi, and I mean this seriously. I'm not joking when I say this. The only Spider Man is Tobey Maguire. Get get the fuck out of here with any other actor with any other storyline. Stop it. Stop it. You're just trying to make money. You're just trying to make money. Now, I know Into the Spider-Verse is an animated version, so I, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's probably something slightly different to it, but no. If it's not voiced by Tobey Maguire, which I'm pretty sure it's not, get the fuck out of here. It's not, it's not Spider-Man. It's not going to happen. So uh, Randy Perez comes in here saying, have you heard about The weekend? Uh, if Saturday, Sunday? Doyobi and Michiobi? <laughs> that's, that's Saturday and Sunday and... Uh, in Japanese, he says he's an R and B artist. What do you think about his music? Of course, who has not heard of the weekend? Uh, I I do I do not mind R and B music. When I was younger, I used to be right around it. Craig David, uh, who else? Akon, of course. Craig David uh, was someone, especially Seven Days, an amazing track to have sex to. 
Uh, for those of you looking for some sexy time tracks, uh, Seven Days by Craig David is an original. Uh, you cannot not get down to that. Um, what's his name? Sugar. Sugar someone. Sugar daddy. Sugar, not sugar daddy. Sugar someone. He, he, man, he had a good track there as well. But back in the day, I used to be really into Airbnb. R&B, but not so much anymore. The weekend, there were a few tracks. I'm going to pop into Spotify here. There are a few tracks that are in my Spotify playlist, Uitang 9000 on Spotify by the weekend. Uh, I'll just see if I can pop them up. I'll see if I can just allude to a couple of them here just while we're in it. Hey, Uitang 9000, Spotify playlists. It's not that, it's not too far down in it. So we should be able to find it quick. I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of his music. But there are a couple. Uh, I like Japanese R&B a lot more than English uh, R&B. I'm just seeing right here if I can just grab a just grab a name. See that that's how much I, I like his music, which I can't remember the name of his track. But I do like these tracks. It's just that I don't listen to them all the time, so they don't uh, fall into my circle of what. It's not. Maybe I've skipped over them. This is derailing it. So if I can't find it here in a second. It's somewhere in the, uh, somewhere in my Uite 9000, I know there is some tracks by the weekend. I'm just trying to think of some names for you here. It's not even in his top on the playlist, so fuck it, just you check it out if you want to find out. Anyways, we'll continue, otherwise it's derailing this session. Um, uh, but yeah, his music's not bad, it's not bad, it's just, I, I, don't, I don't really get around it. Uh, Day Day says, I'm dead, Lameo. Uh, yo man, Logan's looking pretty scary, all I'm saying, Lameo, uh, they're doing a Logan Paul vs. KSI V2, and Eddie Heron is hosting it, yeah, okay, okay, that's great, put them in a cage, let's see what they do, uh, I would be very interested in that, if they got into a cage, it's legitimately sanctioned, if UFC could get that going, if UFC or 1FC, ooh, that would be exciting, um, Schemo comes in saying, on the fighting topic, do you think that your ability to protect yourself, if need be, makes you more comfortable in night game, especially with AMOGs, if worse comes to worse. Ah, uh, yes, 100%. 100%, excuse me, yeah. Uh, in general, and this is something that on the current film that I'm editing, I talk about this a little bit, not too much, but a little bit, um, but I allude to it. And what I say for you here is that if you are confident that if someone was to put their hands on you, you would know what to do, it definitely helps you. It puts you more at ease. And actually, that's what you find with guys with martial artists that are comfortable within themselves is that they don't have the need to outwardly and externally beat their chest because they know the consequences of doing so. They know that, and you always see this, like especially um, in bar fights or street fights. What do you see? What do you see? You're not going to see someone... You're not going to see someone... Control the distance, control the space, you know, step to the left, pop to the side, come back up around, head movement. Make sure that if he was to come into with a clinch space, pulls down on the back of the head, ties up a wrist, gets an underhook, gets an overhook, controls back to the body, you know, sinks in a choke if he needs. You're not going to see any of that for between a drunken fight between two guys or a guy that, an AMOL, goes, like, oh, you're fucking stealing my girl. What are you going to see? You're going to see maybe, maybe a jab but you're going to see a right hook. You're going to see an overhand right or a right hook if he's an orthodox. And all you have to do if you're a, if you're a martial artist is just look at his stance. Right? Just look at his stance. If he even has a stance. If he even has a stance. Most AMOGs or drunk guys that think they know how to fight, 
They're either going to throw an overhand right or a right hook that's for sure not going to throw a lead hand. Like, it's just, you're not going to see it, right? Because what are all guys who think they fight think they can do? They think all their, hand, all their power is in, their, in the, the hand they use most. So they're just going to throw that. It's going to be a wide hook, a looping hook. So if, if you know, if you're comfortable that, well, he can't touch me if I control the space. If there's distance and you just learn distance and you know that, well, let him throw. Let him throw. Let him exhaust himself. And you know that if you could be comfortable within that, and the only way you get comfortable within that is that you have your boy throw a few hands at you. <laughs> of course, go to a dojo and learn some stuff. You know, of course, go train Muay Thai. Go learn some jits, uh, some kickboxing, for sure. And just get comfortable with learning space. Not because you need to learn how to fuck people up. And that's why martial artists don't go out there fucking people up because they know what happens. They know what they could do to someone. But to your question of being more comfortable with AMOGs, it's just distance and space. What I spoke about in the social Q&A on AMOGs, a couple back on how to deal with AMOGs, I talked about many, it's because one of the good questions in there, I think it was by Raj. I think, I think it was Raj. He asked me, have you ever gotten into a fight at night? And I said, no. And the reason why I haven't gotten into a fight at night is because, well, for so many, 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 many reasons not relevant to the point of what I'm talking about now, but one of the reasons is because I know what would happen. The reason why I don't get into fights at night is because I, I extinguish this before it ever gets to a fight. And that's when, no, that's when you know. And I talked about when guys come up behind you, they grab you from behind. Happened many times. Schema, if you're in Melbourne, which I'm pretty sure you are, at the Raves, Raves, uh, Revs, at the Revs Rave Club. One night, I remember in particular, absolute dime piece. One of the sexiest girls I've ever seen. Right, straight. Uh, you walk through. You 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 walk through that seedy, uh, that seed. You get your hand stamped in. You walk through that seedy alleyway. That not alleyway, but it's kind of like an alleyway. But the, it's like a corridor. That's the word. You go through the seedy corridor, the red lights, and then you get into that red light kind of. It's a bar space, but it's so fucking loud. I wouldn't call it a bar. And one of the sexiest girls I've ever seen. She's got a whole bunch of her girls just around her. No other guys. I don't know where these guys are. At, where the guys they were with are at. I see her. I go straight up to her. Fucking having a great time. Pull her in with a handshake. We're just kind of, we're moving with the beat and we're just kind of staring at each other. Not a lot of words because you can't really speak to each other. And we're just, we're just kind of there with each other. Just enjoy each other. Just smiling at each other. Looking into each other's eyes. All of a sudden, I feel a guy come up behind me. Bear hugs me. Starts grabbing my nipples. Starts grabbing my nipples. Now, in this situation, I could feel his musculature. I could feel he was a big dude. Like a much taller than me as well. Uh, and I'm a, I'm a light dude as well. I'm a light dude. I'm only, I only, someone asked me the other day how much I weigh. And I'm like, that's such, such a strange question to ask. But, uh, for those of you that would like to know, depends. Fasted weight, 62.5 kilos. Uh, later in the day, once I've had some food in me, it's about 63.5. Depends. Fasted weight though, at the moment, 62.5 ish. And so I'm a light dude. And I can feel it. This guy could, uh, this guy could pick me up and throw me anytime he wanted to. If the situation escalated, but the one reason why it doesn't escalate is because I know, I know exactly where is comfortable and what is not comfortable. I know that if he has a bear hug around me right here, I know all I need to do, if this was, if I could feel it tighten, if I felt him try to escalate the situation, is I just need to drop my weight. I'm going to drop my weight and I'm going to lean forward, throw him over my shoulder. That's all I'm going to need to do. He's not going to be ready for that. He's not going to know what that is. He hasn't, he hasn't hip-tossed a person in his life, right? 
And even if he has, he's drunk out of his mind or he's ping- that, this guy in particular was pinging. And uh, so anyways, I know what that feels like. I know what that what it feels like to be grabbed from behind, to drop my weight and throw someone over my shoulder. So I know what's comfortable. I know what's safe. And if I know that his arms get too tight, he starts to actually crush, or if he tries to go off to choke me, right? I know what to do. I know and control the wrist, control the hands, fight the hands, drop the weight over the shoulder, whatever. But I know because of all of this that I don't need to react to that. Most guys, if they felt a guy come up behind them with real strong grip, strong arms, big guy grabbing your nipples, they would probably try and turn around and slug him, right? Try and, try and if not king hit, or he'd probably try and king hit you, but try and get into a fight in that situation. When you know and are comfortable within your own physical abilities, you know what's comfortable and what's not comfortable, you can relax, like you can chill out. And you only need to escalate things when they need to escalate, but they never really escalate, right? Because so anyways, what happened at the end of that situation? I'm looking at the girl in front of me and she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, she's like, she's starting to get angry. Not at me, but the guy behind her. And I finally like look around, he finally releases his grip. And I knew this this could be a fire situation. My heart rate definitely elevated. And I turned around and I remember him yelling into my ear going like, she doesn't want a bar of you, mate. She doesn't want a bar of you. And his eyes were like, this was like your typical Chad. Like this like tan, surfy, brown haired, jacked dude. But he's like, he's on fucking something. Like his eyes are just from another world. His eyes like Sailor Moon. And he's like, she doesn't want a bar of you. And uh, so you could tell if, I don't think he was her boyfriend because I don't think she would be acting the way that she was responding, but she was quite pissed off at him. She was really enjoying our interaction. But for the sake of this not escalating into a fight, I'm like, that's fine. I'll leave this interaction. She was very disappointed. She didn't want me to leave, but I'm like, I'm here coaching my client. I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow this situation to escalate. If I keep talking to this girl, this will end up in a fight. And not only will it end up in a fight, it'll end up in this guy on the floor, for sure. Because what's this Chad going to throw? This Chad's going to throw a looping right hand, either an overhand or a looping right hook. What's going to happen there is I'm going to step back, control the space, control his wrists, most likely put him on the floor. If not, if his friends are there, if not, just keep space. You don't want to get into a grappling situation if there's multiple guys, because then you're going to get king hit. But just keep the space, for sure. Anyways, but that was that was interesting. I love how we've had a bit of th- bit of fire topic here. Bit of fire topic. This is good. I like this. But it's eleven thirty, which means we got to peace out. We got some shit to do. So, uh, my friends, that wraps up this social Q and A live. I thank you all so much for being here. And uh, I'll just I'll just address the rest of you. Can't answer any more questions, but I'll just address the rest of you in here. I don't think there's any new questions anyway. Uh, Day Day said, by the way, rest in peace, Patrick's Day. We lost another fighter. Um, Patrick's day. I was not a fighter in his prime. I didn't hear about that. I didn't hear about that. I'll check that out. Uh, boxing is a dangerous sport. Boxing is a very dangerous sport. They allow for way more damage because you just you don't get knocked out quickly enough. You take way too much damage than you need to. And uh, Romario goes, Adam, how does one go about opening, attracting high-value women in addition to se- How does one go about opening, attracting high-value women in addition to sevens, tens during day and night game rather than... What? What is this? This question doesn't make sense. Hold on. I'm not going to answer it now because we don't have time, but I might just address, I'm just addressing it. I might make it for not next week, but the week after social Q&A. How does one go about opening, attracting high value women in addition to sevens to tens during day slash night game 
rather than in more socially calibrated environments, which would be easier. Uh, just normally, the way that you would open anyone. The question doesn't make sense. The question doesn't really make sense. Uh, and the, yeah, so, Ramar, I think you might need to think about that question a little bit more because there's nothing different. You just direct intent. Open qualification, investment, close. The system that we've always gone through. Nothing different there, okay? Nothing different there. Just direct. Strong. Masculine intent. That's all it is, okay? Randy Perez, it's just I think you've made more, I think you're thinking about it too much, Okay. Randy Perez, perfect music to have sex. Yes, uh, Seven Days by Craig David. On loop, on loop. Just get that on loop. And it is as well. Okay, so that's it, my friends. We're going to wrap up this uh, social Q&A live. Social Q&A live. June uh, number 12, end of season one. Thank you so much for being here, my friends. If you did enjoy this, please drop a thumbs up down below. Drop me a, uh, a comment in post. Let me know what you thought about it. Uh, slide me some feedback on the gram. Follow me at Tang one if you guys would like to receive the Bowl Sip weekly email free news email newsletter, there you go. That's all we're talking about. Before 3.20 p.m. today, you must sign up. Put your email at boldridge.com. Just there on the homepage, you'll get that uh, free email. Some cool shit in there, exclusive content I don't put anywhere else. And uh, some really good shit on social dynamics as well. That's coming out. There will be no social Q&A live next week. I will be coaching one-on-one intensively of a client on bootcamp next weekend. Uh, so that's not going to be, but until next time then my friends stay up to date with me. Uh, best way to do so is on Instagram because I'm editing that short film. So I'm not putting much content on the channel. I won't put any content on the channel until that's done. So until then, thank you so much for being here, my friends. I really appreciate it. And, uh, with that being said, I wish you the best in your journeys. Much peace and much joy. Ciao. Thank you very much for diving into this episode of Social Q&A live, my friends. If you would like to connect with me, the best place to do so is on the gram at uitang1, double O-I-Tang-1. Also, if you missed this live stream but would like to join in on the next one, just on YouTube at The Bowl every Friday, at least for the foreseeable future, we will be doing this at 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, which is Adelaide time, converted to your city, of course. Now, just before you go as well, don't forget, the Bowl Sip weekly free email newsletter is now alive. If you guys would like a quick sip of social dynamics and all the other cool shit I'm exploring before your weekend dive, just head to boldoja.com, drop your email in. There'll be a confirmation email sent to your inbox. Hit yes on that and uh, you'll receive the very next sip. And I would love your feedback on this episode as well. Whether you want to slide me an email at boldoja.com, or you want to slide me a DM on the gram or on YouTube, drop a comment, that'll be most appreciated. And of course, this episode is brought to you by boldoja.com, where you guys can pick up that crash course to kick us day game, get your day game sorted, pair it up with a 30 day challenge, you'll be sweet. Also booking one-on-one Skype coaching, where you guys can dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to create change in your actual life. And if you'd like to become a bowl insider, which gains access to priority messaging, priority session bookings as well, which I cannot do for everyone. It's only for the bowl insiders. You can also book those through the website. And also for those of you that really want to dive in deep and attain the freedom of choice in your day in life, be anywhere and be in any state, see that woman that you're so much attracted to, coconut oil style, <laughs> and be able to bring the best of your 50. And of course, day game foundational boot camps. You can sign up for those at Olat. Now, if you guys would like to donate anything to support this channel, you can do so directly through boldojo.com. In the podcast section, there's a donate button at the top. You can donate directly from there. Or if you prefer PayPal, there's also paypal.me forward slash ADAMOOI. All the links are down below. And anything that you guys do contribute 
go straight back to the channel. I super appreciate it. I'm very grateful. It blows my mind. So thank you very much. And of course, I'm wishing you all the very best in your life, the very best in your journeys. Thank you so much for being here with me. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.